everybody. Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Canada, and together we are on a mission to reach people who are far from Christ and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. In today's episode, Pastor Nathan brings us part one of his series, Learning to Listen. Everyone has an opinion to share, a point to make, and a perspective to post. At work, at home, in the media, and online, everyone is talking. But does anyone know how to listen? Over the next two weeks, we'll be reminded that listening should take priority over talking. And today, we'll discuss what not to do as we learn to listen. With that, let's turn it over to Pastor Nathan and part one of his series, Learning to Listen. So this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick off a two-week message series uh, that I've been writing together with Kirk Goodman. Some of you know Kirk. He spoke while I was away wonderful man. And the theme of this message is learning to listen, learning to listen. Um, when I thought about the season we're in, we are in a season right now where everyone has an opinion. Has anyone noticed this? Where everyone is saying their piece, where everyone is posting their piece on Instagram and Facebook, and there's division like I've never seen. And one of the things I felt uh, over these next couple of weeks is that we as a church need to have a conversation about what it looks like to learn to listen. And when I thought about who do I know who's just really developed and honed the skill of listening, um, I thought of Kirk, amongst many others, but I thought of Kirk, and so him and I were been working together to sort of uh, produce the content for this message, and I want to share it with you today. The first thing you need to know is this. If you're visiting with us today, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're not a Christian, if you're checking things out, just sort of, I don't know about the Bible, I don't know about Jesus... The stuff I'm going to share with you and Kirk's going to share with you the next couple of weeks will help you. If you just do it, it'll make your life better and it'll make you better at life. But if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian, this is not optional. What I'm going to be talking about must be applied in your lives. Uh, the text that we're going to be looking at and kind of coming back to is, is found in James. I'm going to roll this thing forward for those who want to be able to see a little better. There we go. We're looking at James. James chapter 1 verse 19, many of you have probably heard this passage before. It says, know this, my beloved brothers, okay, this is not, this isn't a guess, this is something that's certain and it's for those who follow Jesus. Let every person be what? Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for, he says, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So James, the brother of Jesus, is writing to the church in the first century and he says, here's what I want you to know. As Christians, it is imperative that we slow down our tongues that we are slow to post i think that would be a relevant way to say it the new modern translation slow to speak that we contain our anger that we keep a lid on our emotions because emotions can get out of hand and we lean in to listen that as christians we ought to be known for our listening ability we ought to be known for being slow to speak and quick to listen this is imperative for the christian believer and i believe it's imperative for us for all of us and so what I want to do is I want to show you why this matters, okay? And I've got three reasons why this matters. We can throw the first one up. Why does it matter that we learn to listen? Because we love by listening. We love by listening. I was on the phone with Kirk, and we were talking about this idea of listening well. And he said, Nathan, let me tell you how you spell love. And I'm like, tell me. I want to know because something smart's going to come out of his mouth. And he says, L-I-S-T. And then he, well, I lost reception, so I'm thinking, list, list. Well, that's a bit strange. And I thought, and I said, Kirk, I said, you're right. My, my, my wife loves lists. And when I do the items on her list, she loves me and she feels, lo-. he's like, no, 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 no. L-I-S-T-E. 
L-I-S-T-E-N. Love is spelled listen. And the more I thought about that, the more I found that that is exactly true. Don't you feel most loved when someone listens to you? Like, not just like listen, but I mean really leans in and asks questions and, and wants to know what you're thinking. I, I think so often I'm a, you know, Pastor Nathan, that title is, is weighty. But you know, sometimes at church I'll just get down on one knee and I'll talk to a little child eye to eye. And that little kid's probably been yapping at his parents, so they're ignoring him. <laughs> uh, and when the pastor gets down and says, hey, tell me about your favorite part of the day, they light up. Because my leaning in to listen to them says, you're valuable, you're important. And that's not just true for kids, is it? When someone leans in to listen, when someone really cares to know how we're doing, what's going on in our lives, and they want to listen and absorb you, you feel loved and you feel valued. One of the, Jesus was once asked, what is the greatest commandment? And you know what his answer was? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy that Andrew uh, read. And he says, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here's the thing, friends. You cannot love God without listening to him. You can't say, I love God, and don't listen to do what he says. And you also cannot love your neighbor. You can't love your spouse. You can't love your kids. You can't love your coworkers if you're not willing to listen to them. And we are in a pandemic, of, a viral pandemic, but we're also in a pandemic of people who are unwilling to listen. And so I'm challenging us all to be quick to listen. Quick to listen. Why? Because we love by listening. Here's the, here's the next thing that happens when we listen. There's a little image. So when I listen to you, I'm showing love and value to you. Now the next thing is this, that we learn by listening. We learn by listening. There are things that you don't know about me, and the only way you'll find out is by listening. And there are things I don't know about you. And when we listen to someone else, not only do we give them love, but we actually receive knowledge. How many things have you learned in your life that you didn't learn from someone else? A few. Usually by making mistakes, you learn the hard way. But you can learn the easy way, by listening. Here's what the, the book of Proverbs says in Proverbs 12. It says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Fools think they already have everything figured out. Nobody looking at their neighbor, no elbows, okay? Fools go, oh, I know how this works. I know what's going on in the world right now. I've got it all figured out. Let me tell you how this goes, okay? That's what a fool says, but a wise person listens to advice. A wise man, a wise woman says, help me understand. Teach me. And so, when we, when we listen, we love and we give. And then, next image, when we listen, we learn. So we're giving. I'm giving something to you and I listen, and I'm receiving something from you. I'm learning. That's amazing. There's two things going on. Here's the third thing, the third reason why this matters. Listening encourages community. So what happens is, when I listen to you, and you listen to me, our relationship gets, gets closer. Got a little image here. So what happens is, the distance between us gets smaller. Even if we're talking about a heated conversation like the upcoming election, even if we're talking about vaccination, and this is a subject that's dividing families, is dividing churches, and is dividing our province and our, and our nation, okay? But even if we disagree on the issues, by listening to one another in love, we come closer. Maybe our opinions don't change, but our trust and our relationship grows deeper. Because, hey, we're, we disagree on this issue, but we love each other and respect each other enough, and the relationship does this. It does this. So listening matters. It matters that we learn to listen. It matters that we lean in to listen. This is not an option. And of course, these, these three things that we're talking about are things we all want. Don't we all want to love well? Don't we all want to learn well? Don't we all want deeper, better relationships? Of course we do. But this, this ability to lean in and listen well, it's, it takes work. 
It's like trying to lose 40 pounds and get a set of six-pack abs, right? It's, it's amazing to think, that's what I want, but there's effort that goes into it. And I want to encourage all of us, including myself, to make efforts in the weeks ahead to be better listeners, to lean in, to listen well. And what I want to do is I want to turn to a text. If you have a Bible with you, you can turn to Matthew 11. Those watching at home, you might be able to use a phone or an app or grab a Bible off the shelf. If you're in the room and you have a Bible, stick your finger in Matthew 11. We're going to read a passage of scripture today that I've never heard a sermon on. So this will be interesting. It's, a, it's kind of an obscure passage, and I'll give you the, the backstory to it. Um, John the Baptist is in prison. He sends some of his disciples to ask Jesus, are you really the one? And Jesus responds and says, hey, blind eyes are open, deaf ears can hear. That was, uh, he was referencing a prophecy about the Messiah, so he's basically saying, yes, I'm him. Jesus turns to the crowd. You can, you can read the whole chapter at home. Jesus turns to the crowd, and he, 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 he says to them, If you can receive this, John the Baptist is the greatest prophet that ever lived. He came to announce the Messiah. That's me. And he says, whoever's least in my new kingdom that I'm about to start is greater than John the Baptist. So everyone's like mind blown. And then he makes this statement right here. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Can we read it together? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, everybody in that crowd, to my knowledge, had ears. Everybody in that crowd could hear. And if they couldn't, Jesus had probably healed them. Because he just sent a message saying, look, the ears are open. So everybody's hearing him, but Jesus is like, everybody's not hearing me. Do you realize it's possible to hear somebody and not hear them? Some you're like, yeah, I have family. Yeah, we just had a family reunion. My wife, my husband, right? My kids don't like, it's possible to hear the words and it goes over your head. It's possible to hear the words and understand, but reject what's being said and oppose it. So Jesus is like, look I'm speaking, you're not hearing. What's so fascinating about this is is what comes next. Take a look at the next verse. Jesus goes into this right after he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He says, but what shall I compare this generation? I think the generation Jesus was talking to is not that different than the generation we're living in right now. What shall I compare them? It's like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their playmates. Here's what they say. We played the flute for you. We played a happy song, and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge. For those that don't know, it's like a sad funeral song. You know, really sad, minor key, okay? And you didn't mourn. Jesus says, John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, he is a demon. So John was serious, didn't socialize, wasn't friendly. He was like, repent of your sin. Hey, fix your life. Get right. And everyone was like, whoa, he has a demon. Jesus comes the exact opposite way because they didn't like John. So it says, Jesus, the son of man, came eating and drinking. He's like social. He's going to weddings. He's going to parties. He's sitting down meeting people, being friendly, telling jokes. And they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Jesus says, in time, John will be proven to be the prophet he's claimed to be. I will be proven to be the son of God. This is the point Jesus is making through this whole text. He's like, the problem isn't John and his seriousness, right? Some Christians are like that. Get your life right. He's like, the problem wasn't John. The problem wasn't Jesus who was friendly and social and had a cup of wine on occasion. He's like, that's not the problem. The problem is you. The problem is your ears. The problem is you're not listening. The problem is there's a hard heart in there. The problem isn't that you want it this way or you want it that way. The problem is you want it your way. 
And to that we all say, ouch. Because there's a little bit of that in all of us. Jesus is looking at the crowd and saying, listen, there is a problem, and the problem is with our hearing. Did you know uh, that when we listen, everything that we hear passes through filters? Did you know that? I mean, you can't see them, but there's filters going on. So when you listen to somebody, you listen through the filter of culture. You listen through the filter of your family you were raised in and the way they spoke and what they valued. You listen through the filter of language. You listen through the filter of your personality. You listen through the filter of your history. That's a lot of filters. And I wonder sometimes when we're listening to the people how much of what they intend to communicate to us actually gets through the filters. Right? And Jesus is saying, there's a problem here. I'm telling you truth. I'm saying who I am, who John is, and you're not getting any of it because it's all getting broken down. I was at one of those uh, quick lube places recently. Getting my oil changed. I don't do that myself anymore. I pay somebody like $42 to do it. It's amazing. So I pulled in, and I had my window down. I'm talking to the technician. That's what they call them. I'm talking to the technician. Super helpful. And I hear in the next bay over, there's, the person's like, there's no air coming out my air vents. My air conditioning's on, but there's no airflow. And they said, oh, we'll check your uh, cabin filter. That's what they call it. So I'm kind of listening. Right? I'm, I'm curious. I'm eavesdropping. I rarely do that, but I'm listening. And I hear the guy, he pulls out of the dashboard this filter that filters all the air that blows into the cab of the car. And it was filthy. It was black. It was caked with wet leaves. There was a dead squirrel in there. And I'm sure that family had been wondering, who farted? Like, for months, they're like, what is that awful smell in the car? It was a dead squirrel. So all of this stuff was plugging the filter. There was no airflow. And so what I wanted to do today is I wanted to share with you um, four things that plug up our ears, four things that plug up our filter that, that don't allow us to truly hear and listen the way we're intended to do. And essentially what I want to do um, over the next uh, few moments with you is I want to share with you the four things not to do. And then next week, Kirk is going to come and tell you how to listen. Sometimes though... Um, it would be great for me to come up here and be like, here are four things you can do to listen better. But if your filter's plugged, none of it's going to work anyways. So I, we're, I'm the demo crew. And next week, Kirk's going to come and help with the reconstruction. Does that make sense? You guys, you guys with me? Today, we're going to pull out the leaves and the dead squirrel. And next week, Kirk is going to come and tell us how to you know, get the air freshener on the dash, open the, you know, all that stuff. We're going we're gonna to fix things up real nice. Uh, this week, as I, as I did, when I decided to do this, like four things not to do. How to be a bad listener is really what this is all about now. And I, I came into the office on Tuesday and I, was, I held up my sermon notes and I was like, I said to our staff, because sometimes like, I'm, it's Thursday and I'm like, I, 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 I'm still working on it. And I walked in and I'm like, it's Tuesday afternoon and my sermon is done. Yeah, and they're like, wow, that's amazing. And I'm like, it was so easy. All I had to do was think about what not to do. It just flowed out of me like, like crazy. And Jessica was there at the office, and she turned to me, and she's like, oh, you'll have tons of examples this week. That's easy. And uh, so we joke, we joke like that. We joke like that. But, but seriously, though, I'm going to share some things with you not to do. I'm going to tell you how to be a bad listener. And if any of this pricks your heart, that is not me. That's the Holy Spirit. That is truth. That is God saying, this is an issue for you. There's a squirrel in your filter. You, this thing is actually going to stop fresh air from flowing in your home. It's going to stop and, and create a stuffy environment in your workplace if you don't get this stuff out. That's what I'm going to do. Is that good? So if, if anything, and all I did was thought, what are the things that I do when I'm not listening well? And I wrote them down. And I'm going to share them with you now. Okay, is that good? You guys with me? Here we go. 
Number one, bad listeners make assumptions. They make assumptions. This is huge right now because so many people are disconnected from relationship and we don't really know what's going on, so we have to make assumptions. We see what they post, we see what they're doing, and we go, oh, I know why they're doing that, but we don't actually know, so we make assumptions. Assumption is when you make an educated guess based on the information you have, but you don't have all the information. Assumptions are, are, are horrific. Look at, look at this. We'll go back to our text here, okay? John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he is a demon. They made assumptions. They're like, John is the weird, he's weird because he has a demon. Have you ever had a family reunion and you see, you're hanging out with family and you're like, they're weird, they have a demon. That's what you're, the first thing goes through your mind, right? <laughs> no, it's just me apparently. It's called an assumption and assumptions are extremely dangerous. Here's why assumptions are so dangerous. Because you see the behavior and you assume what's behind it. And what you're going to find is all four of these things I'm sharing with you today, they're all heart issues. They're all filters. Assumptions are dangerous. Uh, this is the dark side of identity politics, by the way, which we see a rise of in our, in our communities. I'm all for justice and I'm all for minorities having a voice. One of the problems becomes when you can begin to define people by their group and make all kinds of assumptions. I know what you think. I know what you value because of the color of your skin. Really? What about individuals? And what about God making people and, and us all being unique and made in the image? So it's like, I, I know what you think and I know what you value because of the job you have or the language you speak or your ethnicity. Uh, I, I know what you value because of your gender. Really? You do? You know all that? Those are assumptions. And instead of getting to know the individual, instead of seeking to understand, we go, I don't need you to tell me anything. See, I can close my ears because I already know who you are. Do you see the danger in that? That is happening in our culture right now in epic proportions. And as a church, we need to lead the way in stopping that. We need to lean in to listen to individuals and people to hear their stories and not make assumptions based on what we can see on the outside. Does this make any sense to anybody? If this is touching anybody's heart, just allow God to do His work. I'm telling you, this is assumptions. Bad listeners, here's number two. Bad listeners seek to control. And I've done this so many times. That's why this sermon was so easy. Sometimes I find myself listening, and I know no one else would do this, but I find myself listening to somebody, and the whole time they're talking, I'm coming up with my next point and argument. It's quiet, so I assume a few of you are like, yeah, I've done that before, right? And you're like, I'm sorry, what did you say? I was still uh, debating your argument from three things ago, right? So it's like you're, you're going like that. Or when I, was in, when I was in grade school, we used to play this game called uh, Double Dutch. Double Dutch, you guys ever play that? And you got two skipping ropes, so you, you got to time it just right. And I remember what it looked like to be the person waiting to get in, and you're like, and you're, oh, no, 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 no. And, so, and sometimes we do that when we're listening. You're listening to somebody, and you're waiting for them to take a long enough breath for you to jump in and take control and say what you want to say. Am I the only one who's played double dutch in a conversation? Okay. You're just like, you're waiting for your opportunity to say what's on your heart, to say what you think and to control the conversation instead of listening. See, good listeners will leave space and draw more out of the other person, not jump in to put their two cents in. So I'm feeling conviction right now. I don't know what you guys, but I'm, I'm feeling conviction. It's like, oh wow, I do that. I seek to control sometimes. Sometimes I'm listening and I'm looking for a hole in the other person's argument, Right? And it's control. Look at this. Look at the text. Let's go back to the text. Jesus says, this is the attitude of the generation then, and I believe it's, it's, it's a problem today as well. We played the flute for you and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge and you didn't mourn. 
Jesus is like, this is about control. You want John to do it your way. You want me to show up your way. This is all about you, and it's all about control. And I'm not dancing, and I'm not crying on cue. Understand, when we seek to control people, we can't listen. It's like leaves plugging up the filter, and everything they're saying to us is getting muffled out by our desire to control them. Here's the third thing. I'm going to try and move through these quick. How to be a bad listener. Number three, overreact. When someone tells you something, overreact. Now, this is actually a form of manipulation. I learned this as a little kid. I could overreact and get what I want because my parents, my grandparents would be like, oh, I'm so sick of this kid whining. Here, have what you want. So an overreaction was actually a way to control other people. And I've never seen a time when people are overreacting more than right now. And it's a way to grasp at control. It's a way to to get some. When I was a little kid, we had this lady who was uh, babysitting. Her name was Mrs. Alt. She was a lovely, sweet old lady. And I thought I could push her and push her. And she was so sweet, nothing would happen. And she poured some milk into my cereal bowl. And she put this much milk and I had this much Cheerios. And I can't eat Cheerios if they're not wet. Like they were dry. They were cutting the roof of my mouth. I said, can I have more milk? And she said, no. She was raised in the depression. She said, that's enough milk. And I said, no. And I said, yeah, milk, milk. She poured the whole jug of milk on my head. It's like, there's some milk. And here's what happens. When one person overreacts, guess what happens? Guess what happens? The other person overreacts. And then when the other person overreacts, guess what happens? The other person overreacts. And it creates a cycle of overreaction, control, and hurt, and everything else. So overreacting is, man, it is bad. And honestly, out of this overreaction and control is coming cancel culture. And what is cancel culture? Cancel culture is like, hey, I, I know one thing about you. You messed up in that era, you are canceled. You are, everything else you've done that's good, everything else you are, everything can be defined by one failure, and you are now canceled and out. That's the exact opposite of what we're talking about today. We're talking about listening. We're talking about leaning in to understand. Here's the last thing, and then we'll wrap things up. Number four. Oh, yeah, go back. Let's read that text. Go back. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they said, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. So Jesus shows up at a party. He's friendly, has a glass of wine, and they're calling him a, a glutton and a drunkard. Who thinks that's an overreaction? I do. And people do that all the time. Man, I've been in church my whole life, and I've seen a lot of that. And when we overreact, it drives a wedge in relation. As a parent, my wife Jessica and I are learning this lesson. We apologize to our eldest son. (laughs) Because when your kid comes to you and says, I messed up, and you go, what? We told you the right thing to do. We gave you the scriptures, and we said, no, don't do that. And 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 he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you know what happens next time they mess up? Relationship is severed. gets awfully quiet. And that's the danger. And the church has done that. Someone messes up instead of coming around and loving them and supporting them and really understanding. It's like, you're out. You're... And it drives a wedge in relationships. So overacting, overacting is not the thing. Here's the last one. Let's, let's get to the last one. Um, bad listeners make everything about themselves. And this is really what it all comes down to, right? Am I listening for your sake or mine? And I've, had, I've been listening to, to friends and listening to people as they talk about the things. And it's like, it's so easy as I'm listening to go, how does this affect me? And what do I do? And how does this look on me? And, and these kinds of thoughts and ideas come into my head. And I have to remind myself that listening is about them, right? And so it's so easy to make everything about ourselves. And this is the exact opposite of the way of Jesus. 
exact opposite of what Christ has called us to do as we listen and love. So in conclusion, I'll say this, that we, we love by listening. Let's look at the, the list once, one more time. Uh, we love by listening. We, um, we learn by listening. And we build community by listening. What I wanted to do today, um, as I wrap up, you can, you can take that off. I'm going to go to Psalms in just a second. Um, I want to put out a challenge to our church family. And for those watching online, you're not exempt. I'm talking to you as well. I want to put out a challenge to our church family, and that's this. This week, this is going to be awkward, but I want you to do this. If you're willing, would you think of somebody, whoever God impresses upon your heart. Maybe it's, uh, hopefully it's somebody from this church that you haven't talked to in over a year. Maybe it's somebody at work. Maybe it's a family member you haven't talked to. It has to be somebody you haven't talked to in over a year. Distances form between you. And I want to challenge you to call them up, not text, call them on the phone and ask them, how's your year been? I want to know how you're doing. Something of that nature. I don't want you to ask them how they're voting. I don't want you to ask them if they're vaccinated. I don't want you to ask them, you know, uh, or tell them all the things that are going on in your life. I want you to call these people or this person and I want you to say, how's your year been? I want to know about you. And my guess is that when they're done sharing, they'll ask you the same question and this will begin to happen in relationships. And it doesn't happen quickly and it doesn't happen overnight, but when we take one step towards another person to love by listening, by bending forward and leaning in to hear, something changes in the atmosphere. And again, we're not fixing all these issues that are in our world, but we can listen and we can lean in. And that's the posture. I want to share one passage of scriptures and then I'm going to pray for us. This is a verse that I read uh, about 20-some years ago, and I wrote a song on my guitar about it. I'm not singing it, sorry. Found in Psalm 116, and it says this, I love the Lord because He hears my prayers and answers them. And I remember reading that and thinking, wow, the God of heaven hears me, but look at the next verse. This is what really grabbed my attention, because He bends down and He listens. Now I want you to consider something. The God of heaven knows what you're thinking. He knows what you've done. He knows your opinions. There's no reason for him to listen to you. But he bends down and he listens. Because he loves you. When I read that, I'm like, wow. That's what he's calling me to do. That's what he's calling the church to do. To be a community that bends down and listens. That displays humility and love regardless of the situation. And says, I want to hear from your lips what's going on in your life. He doesn't have to listen, but he listens. And so this is why, this is why we're clearing out the filter. This is why we take a step to call somebody and say, tell me what's going on in your life. And next week, Kirk is going to say, okay, here's some things that we can put in place to become better and to hone our craft of listening well and loving well. And so if you will, let me pray for you. I'm going to turn over to Jace to, to lead us in one more song as we close. Father in heaven. Thank you that you're a God who loves us so much that you bend down on the knee and you listen. You listen with love and you listen with attention even though you know what we're going to say before we say it, but you listen because you love us. And it is your love for us and it is your listening ear that changes our heart and and it causes us to want to be transformed from the inside out. To love others the way you have loved us. And so, Lord, this week, I, I, I want us to be people who would reach out in love and listen, not because the other person on the other line deserves our ear, but because you have given us yours. And we want to do likewise. Lord, if there's any person listening to me today online in this room who has never called out to you and said, Lord, I believe, I want to follow you, 
Lord, I pray that they would do that right now because you're listening. You're listening to every cry that comes from our heart and from our lips. So, Lord, thank you for our people. Thank you for all that you have in the future. Thank you for Selwyn Church and their faith and their support in our congregation. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that just about wraps up for today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to keep up with us on all of our socials. Visit our website, pathwaylife.com, instagram.com slash pathwaylifechurch, and facebook.com slash pathwaylife. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon.